0: Patrick Verona I see we're making our visits a weekly ritual
1: Only so we
2: can have these moments together Should I uh, hit the lights?
0: Oh, very clever kangaroo boy Says here you exposed yourself in the cafeteria
2: I was joking with the lunch lady It was a bratwurst
0: Bratwurst? Aren't we the optimist? Next Woo. time, keep it in your pouch Okay if you thought these guys spent every waking hour of their lives doing manly things like watching
2: sports while yelling at their tvs shaving with straight razors and revving their v8 truck engines well yeah think again it's time for Mackie and john to turn in their man cars this is rom com rewind obviously this is very manly
1: have you seen the unwashed miscreants that go to that school Where did you come from, planet
0: loser? As opposed to planet, look at me, look at me. (laughs) Okay, here's how we solve this one. Old rule out, new rule. Bianca can date when she does.
1: But she's a mutant. What if she never dates?
0: Then you'll never date. Oh, I like that. And I'll get to sleep at night. The deep slumber of a father whose daughters aren't out being impregnated. You're so... Charming. Wholesome. Unwelcome? You're not as mean as you think you are, you know that?
1: You're not as badass as you think you are.
0: Ooh, someone still has her
2: panties in a twist.
1: Don't for one minute think that you had any effect whatsoever on my panties.
2: Then what did I have an effect on?
0: Other than my upchuck reflex, nothing.
2: <laughs> Welcome in to rom Rewind here on Mackie and Judd. Part of the Mackie and Judd movie review franchise going back about 15, 16 months. It all started with Action Movie Rewind. Then over to Sports Movie Rewind and Rom-Com Rewind. And here we are, boys, on a 1999 classic, 10 Things I Hate About You. Here's the summary. Kat Stratford, played by Julia Stiles, Mm -hmm. is beautiful, smart, and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens, meaning she doesn't attract many boys. Unfortunately for her younger sister, Bianca, house rules say, She can't date until Cat has a boyfriend. So strings are pulled to set the dour damsel up for a romance. Soon, Cat crosses paths with handsome new arrival Patrick Verona, played by the late Heath Ledger. Will Cat let her guard down enough to fall for the effortlessly charming Patrick? 69% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. $30 million budget turned into $60.4 million. At the box office. That's all. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it actually wasn't more. I almost feel like this movie. I mean, it's definitely not a failure at the box office because it, it doubled the uh, the budget. Yeah. But I almost feel like this movie has been more popular in the 20 years since yeah. it was probably. in the theaters. It
1: definitely is. Probably you no. Know, definitely. As a DVD,
2: you know, strikes me as a it's date called. night film though. Back mm-hmm. in the
0: day. Oh yeah,
2: which we'll get to. Heath Ledger, oh, Julia <laughs> Stiles, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It launched the career of all three of those actors yeah. and actresses. Gabrielle Union was yep. in this movie. She pack stabber. Larry Miller and uh, Larissa Olenek, who she was. Oh, yeah. This was kind of like the peak for her, but she played Alex Mack Alex on Mack. Nickelodeon for like five years and then rolled right into 10 Things I Hate About You. And so she's kind of been actually she was um, she was one of the peripheral characters in Mad Men for a few years as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cosgrove's wife, I want to say hmm so she's had some roles but this is kind of the peak for her so all right we'll start with judd zolgad first of all have you had you guys you guys have seen this movie before or oh, yeah now?
0: yep oh yeah okay
2: yep. classic it's been it's been a while it's been probably I think, 10 I, saw years. It, I think i saw it on cable
0: 20 years ago or something yeah it was it was on a lot hey like, and don't forget too though small role the great allison oh, clips we played yeah. at the start yeah allison janey is one of the great character actor types of Easily. our lifetime. Yes. she's just fair. She, she's never bad. She had like three different scenes in this movie and
2: all of them were hilarious. Yes. So said. Judd Zolgat, what was your main takeaway from
0: 10 Things I Hate About You? My main takeaway was this, because this did launch a lot of careers of, of very successful people. But my main thing is the 10,000 foot view of teen films can do whatever they want as long as they have the following ingredients in the teen film stew okay (laughs) yes a boy or girl who's in love obviously if not more than one all right some type of gross misunderstanding if not more than one that that you know (laughs) oh my god no you're kidding that's not oh yeah." yeah um Three, a friend who stabs a friend in the back. Now, this is not a huge part of this film, but it still is part of the formula that has to, to take place, and it did. Uh, four, a huge kegger, raging kegger. You yep. can't have a, you if you don't have a party. Bogie Lowenstein. Out of Bogie control Loenstein's at somebody's party. home, you don't have a film. Uh, a scene where the love struck kid boy or girl lies in bed and listens to what will undoubtedly be a part of the soundtrack probably a a big part (laughs) this is genius that's five and six a huge prom that in no way probably resembles what a real prom (laughs) looks like like you get the best band like you fly in the band you rent the best hall everybody dresses up like they are absolutely to the nines they are but that's the key ingredient all of these things I, I, take you, place. there's I, two I, I, other
2: ingredients i want okay, this is this coming. is a brilliant stew so i've i've sampled your stew here and it's very good but i got Can a couple other yes. couple little, little little seasonings here that i want to throw in here mm-hmm. there's got to be a nerdy best friend yep that's I sort understood. of the the nerdy best friend is helping you but they're also like kind of they're not really fully involved so it's usually a nerdy best friend yep and you're and and you're yeah. Kind of cool, the main character, but not cool enough to be in the main group. Or you're kind of an outcast, and the nerdy mm-hmm. friend is your backbone. Mm-hmm. And then I would say there always has to be a slick, likely rich, villainous character yes. in some form, right? That takes
0: us to eight. Yep, that's eight tenets of, of of a successful teen film. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think you've I think you've nailed this. And and if it's not a nerd, it's a total loser, like down on her, his or her luck. But, yeah. yes, that is that is a huge part. Yeah.
2: Uh, I would say my main takeaway from this movie – well, first of all, this – I was texting you guys last night. This movie, the high school was in Tacoma, yeah. Washington, which is about 30 or 40 minutes south of Seattle. But a lot of the scenes, they made it seem like it was all in one neighborhood. Yep. The high school was in Tacoma. A lot of the other scenes, including the opening scene, in Seattle and the surrounding neighborhoods and was filmed blocks from where I live. So it was, it was sort of trippy. I was like, the opening scene, I was like, wait, what? That's literally right. Like, we literally go to that park all the time, like weekly. Um, so that was kind of trippy. But my main takeaway from this movie is that it's one of the staple movies. If you were born in the mid-80s and you missed out on the first run of all of the Pretty in Pink's and the Breakfast Club, like John all the Hades.
0: 80s. Yeah. John
2: Hughes era, yeah. The late 90s, like 97 through 2001, and actually 1999 had a lot of these. American Pie. Mm -hmm. This is on the Mount Rushmore of staple movies that defined my high school four years. American Pie, 10 Things I Hate About You. I would say She's All That is probably on this with Paul Walker and Freddie Prinz, And then we could fight over somebody that was save the last dance, which is another Julia Stiles movie. movie. These are all late 90s early 2000s there was just a barrage of these and this one American pie is is next level iconic yeah That's but in the fight for second place this might be second place um th- this was just i can't tell you how much influence like and we'll get into some of this stuff but even the styles of clothes and mm-hmm. The way that people sort of interacted with each other, um, all of this brought me right back to my freshman year at Buffalo High School in 1999. And so this is great.
0: I think American Pie Two was a buddy film. Like this is a rom com. The difference is, and what made American Pie so great is it was written from just basically the boys' perspective. So yeah, that that's a that franchise at least started off. It was fantastic. But yeah, this is a, I can see that. And, and the thing about it too is, and I think to a certain point, John Hughes started this, like you did have what, Phil, about a 20 plus year period or a 20 year period of just really like these films didn't, did not disappoint, right? Like these films for the most part, I don't think you watched them and said, "Oh, that one absolutely sucked." Now I'm not saying that there weren't bad ones, yeah. but I think for the most part they were pretty damn solid. And again, the formula that we talked about was pretty successful.
2: Did you know that? So there's the William Shakespeare references throughout this movie. Did you know that this movie was actually based on the Taming of the Shrew by William
1: Shakespeare? Only because I read that yeah. on
2: Wikipedia. It's interesting. Yes, it is. Um, Declan, what was your main takeaway? Oh from my 10 god! Things I hate about you.
1: I love this movie. It's one of my all-time yes, favorite movies. Dude, it's one yes. of my all-time favorite films. Yes. I, actually, I was kind of worried when we first suggested it, because I thought you guys were going to shoot it down because it's too good. It's a pretty damn good movie. Like, don't wow. there's holes in it, and I got, I got things that I want to point out in it as well as, as, we, as we go yep. down this list. Uh, yep. But I think this is a phenomenal film. The cast is so good, dude. Heath Ledger... Julia Stiles, yeah, Alex Mack, like I I mean, 8-year-old Declan, are you kidding me? I I had a big big crush on Alex Mack when I was when I was developing feelings for girls when they for realized sure. they didn't have cooties Um gabrielle Union's in this. Yeah, Alison Janey plays a great. I kind of forgot. I it's probably been I don't know, probably like 10 years since I've seen this and I forgot that that cuz I was she's in the first scene. I was like, "Oh my god, that's Alison Janey. I've completely forgot you know. she was in this movie." Um, who's also yeah, just a great character actor, like Judd said. I love this film. The story's great. Of course, uh, not another teen movie, which is a, which is like also started the spoofs of like Scary Movie and and these hilarious is- other movies. It's basically like this plot is is almost the entire basis of of not another teen movie, which also spurs like spurs in those other '90s films that we were just talking about. But I love this movie. It's one of my all time favorites. It's a great little little story. Big fan of this movie.
2: I want to point out that the director of this movie, I was kind of expecting, oh, man, there's, I, I didn't know who the director was, but this had to have launched some sort of amazing career, right? So Gil Junger is the director. This was the first movie that he ever directed. Uh-huh. He was a prominent TV series director starting in the late 80s all the way through the 2000s. But this was pretty much by far the biggest movie he ever directed. Black Knight, not the Dark Knight, but Black Knight. If only, nope. uh My fake fiance, Beauty in the Briefcase. These are all t- like a lot of nope. television. It was mostly television nope. films after this, but uh, but for TV series. So he directed 21 episodes of Nurses in the early 90s, 12 episodes of Blossom, 30 episodes of Ellen. Um, he directed 13 episodes of According to Jim. He directed the pilot episode of Eight Simple Rules with John Ritter. Yeah. Haley Coco. And he was also a director on 35 episodes of Hope and Faith, which had a four or five year run, and a bunch of other shows. So he was a very and, and it looks like he also directed episodes in the Jeff Foxworthy show, Living Single. So he uh he was definitely more of a TV director than
0: anything else. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, what was your favorite part of this movie? So I'm gonna get to a part. I'm going to give you my favorite part, which last week was my least favorite part, because I'm guessing that you and Dex have things directly from the film itself. Um, The soundtrack. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack helped. The soundtrack. I I felt the soundtrack last week didn't help the film. Mm -hmm. I think the soundtrack in this film is enormous. And in fact, if it wasn't as good as it ended up being, I don't know that this film is as good. Because like their use of the soundtrack is perfect, the I, that that genre to me of m- music is outstanding. Yeah, Letters to Cleo is an incredibly underrated band. Like they're, I think they're really good. I thought the soundtrack really. If if there was something that put this film over the top, in my opinion, that's it.
2: Yeah. No. It. It. it and. There's a little bit of old school, obviously, with the soundtrack, and there's some there's some I great want you to covers. Want me cover, yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But there's some just some like sort of classic nineties feel to the yep to the music. I so I'm I'm actually similar in terms of my favorite thing. I, there's a lot of things I like about this movie, but I think my favorite thing about this movie is just all of the nineties things. <laughs> so the music's definitely That's one legit, of them. Man. Yeah. The jeans and sandals look oh, yeah, was dude. huge. Jeans, sandals, and a t-shirt. Sometimes, and you saw you saw Heath Ledger rocking the t-shirt with like an undershirt that's longer than the t-shirt. Look, that was a huge thing in the late '90s, early 2000s. But I used, dude. I used to rock, probably because of this movie. I used to rock jeans and sandals year round for like two, <laughs> two years in high school, even in, in the winter? winter time. Oh my yeah. god, that's great! Jeans and sandals, it's not man. a bad look. It it is it's, now.
0: Yeah, but I, I I don't like that. I Does anyone, that. Does anyone
2: do people still really wear jeans and sandals now? I don't think they no, do. No. No. Not, not but no. But fans, we're we're like Vans, leave the, the house.
1: house. Yeah, they're wear Vans are in. Vans are in. But that's it will something. come back. Yeah. It probably will. It like may. That's it's the type it, of thing that would come back.
2: In Minnesota, it's just logistically it's tough for right. most of the year because it's But if just you get one cool
0: kid in the California high school starts to do it, everyone'll start
1: to do it.
2: Some other 90s things that really stood out to me and I'd love your guys thoughts on these creating flyers to spread the word about a party so
1: i wanted i wanted to ask you guys about that was that like still a thing like would people make flyers to like spread the word about about parties and other not just like school functions because that even happened when i was still in high school but like flyers to spread the word about a party Absolutely! Oh, really? See, in, in my
0: in my day, you kept it. You like invited people that you well yeah. wanted at the party, so sure. you didn't exactly.
2: Well, there was that, yeah. Them. But, but them. Like, flyers were a big deal. But you weren't like you didn't have text threads. There wasn't right, Facebook yeah. groups. You didn't. Yeah. I mean, email was somewhat prominent by then, and AOL Instant Messenger was definitely a way to communicate with people, so you could do it that way. Mm-hmm. But flyers were a big thing. And then I noticed in a lot of these scenes, but particularly at the concerts in that club where where Heath Ledger goes and shows up and he's like, hey, this is my favorite band, too. I was thinking, you know, in today's age, if you go to a concert, everyone's got their phone out, either recording the band or like just scrolling through their phone and texting people. And it was so weird seeing like 150 people inside this club or more. And none of them were staring at phones they were all just in the moment, being present, listening to a band, talking how with to, each other, making be, out with each other. Right? Yep, that's <laughs> how it used to be.
0: That's how we did it. It's crazy. How we
2: I, how I we rolled a, in the eighties and nineties.
1: I was at a concert on Monday, and I have a concert even tonight. And I've had friends. Oh my god, take video, send it to me. It's like you know, I don't really do that. I I like to enjoy what I'm doing, and when I'm at the, I'm in the moment of the concert. I don't like. How, I can't stand also if it's a packed arena like, or if it's a small intimate venue like maybe like First Ave. And you're obviously, and this is pre-pandemic and I haven't experienced this, but when you're elbow to elbow and you have someone with their big phone in front of you as you're like trying to see the stage, it drives me bonkers. It drives me Here's insane. The
0: incru- Here's the nuts thing. Um, in the 70s, 80s, into the 90s, if you brought in any device to try and record, they confiscated it because that was bootlegs. Yeah. Like right. like I had a friend. It's a camcorder. Who used to have a baseball <laughs> hat that was wired to mm-hmm. record. like he, he had a, a recorder in his what? hat, and he would go to First Ave and record concerts.
2: That's genius, and have Real the
0: bootleg. But I mean, my point is, if he got caught, he was in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, and now it's just this out of control. Hey, here's video from the concert. Here's the well, song.
2: And I think the difference is, like, if you recorded a concert, let's say in 1990, the only way you were going to use it was to sell it, right? But now it's it's free promotion for a lot of these artists yeah. now. no, they want people recording so that they can spread the word I mean, about how awesome a concert thing, was right? on social media.
0: Well, like if, if you had re- recorded it and like taken it home and been like, I love this band, and, and now I've got them live in concert, I'll distribute it to friends, I might sell it too. That actually arguably could have helped the band, and it was seen as a huge breach of of, of faith because you were making money off the band, and yeah. they should make their own money. So, But
2: isn't it kind of weird... Like I catch myself all the time. I mean, I, I spend way too much time looking at screens and I, I'm just trying to be more conscious of it, but it does feel weird sometimes when you're at a place or you're at a, like if you're just, I'm at a restaurant or whatever, and there's going to be some downtime, I'm just not going to look at my phone. But then you feel weird. Cause like you're yes. looking around and other people think mm-hmm. you're looking at them. It's almost weird to not be on your phone now. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know if we're ever going to go back. Um, Declan's. Pro- I mean, Declan's younger than I am, so you've you've kind of grown up in the iPhone era. Yeah. Like as an adult, I grew up in the Nokia era. <laughs> so my first fo- I got my first phone in like 2000. and It was one of those little Nokia, yep. just small ones where you could get on the internet, but it was very limited. Oh yeah. You could look at like sports scores and news and stuff, and there was no images. Like it was like C H I three. You could play Snake on your phone. T O R one. But you, but you, we certainly weren't like on our phone. We had them in case we had to call someone. Like you get a hold of people when you're out and about. You weren't texting people then. And I, I remember at the tail end of college, like high school, college is when when we got flip phones and like texting was more prominent. But I guess we would we would go to events and we would just be in the right. moment, and it was great.
1: I mean, I and I will say I'm addicted to my phone. Like I, I am absolutely addicted. I checked yesterday. I used my phone for seven and a half hours. My screen time was seven and a half hours yesterday. I was looking oh, yeah. at my phone. Um, yep. I'm I'm that's very great. much addicted to it, but yep. there are moments where yeah, you have to put it away. Just absolutely, put it away. Dude, Constance think about that.
2: So like you probably sleep for you know eight. seven to eight hours or whatever. You're on your so you're on your phone for a th- and I'm not ripping you, dude, because mine's the same. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the same. But you're and you're on your phone for a third of the of your
0: life. But you're basically. scrolling. A, mm-hmm. But we're scrolling them also while watching TV while doing yeah. other things. Yeah, that's fair. Our attention spans as a society are shot. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't think that th- that's an age thing. Like, oh, I'm 51. My attention span's great. My attention span's shot. Yeah. So, like, I, I think across the, the board, because I see my phone time logged, and it's like, oh, my God. But then I'm like, well, but I'm not really just focusing on my phone. I'm also trying to watch TV. I'm trying to do other things. So, whatever. Yeah.
1: All right, Dex, what was your favorite part about this movie? I mean, how do you not just absolutely get in the feels at the poem scene? How do you just not absolutely get hit right in the 100% in the grief bone of the poem scene? Are you going to play this right now? Okay, I'll withhold my thoughts. I hate the way you talk to me and the way you cut your hair. I hate the way you drive my car. I hate it when you stare. I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. I hate you so much it makes me sick. It even makes me rhyme. I hate it. I hate the way you're always right. I hate it when you lie. I hate it when you make me laugh. Even worse when you make me cry. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. Ah, how 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 do you okay. not get hit in the feels, man?
2: Dude, can I just say? I know this is kind of a goofy movie, and people—it's—it's not—it's a movie that people kind of like. Oh yeah, they laugh when they hear this movie. That is a phenomenal piece of acting by Julia Stiles. It's a close-up camera shot. There's no cuts, and she's and she goes from reading it and him being sort of emotional to bawling by the end of it. Like that is—that's just straight up. I don't care if it's a horror movie, a drama. Which she's been in all of these. She is a good. I mean, she's had a good career. That's a great piece of acting, straight up in a goofy sort
1: of teen rom-com movie. Bravo. Yeah, it, it is. It is a really really powerful scene. Everyone, it, it, you might it might have been when it, you were in high is, school. It is, dude. It might have been as an adult. Everyone has that one person, whether that and whether that Julia Styles Heath Ledger in the, in the actually ended up being together post this in this fantasy movie, whatever everyone still has the the one person that like kind of has that hold on you and it's going to exist for the rest of your life. It's going to be a thing.
2: These movies too, especially these, if you're born when I was born and you're going to high school in the late nineties, early two thousands, you felt pressure when you, when you watched 10 things I hate about you. She's all that like, and all of these movies had grandiose gestures. Like the guys are doing these grandiose things. You're, you're singing in the stadium and you're whatever it is, right? You felt pressure in real life to do like, sorry about that. My computer's updates here. Um, You felt pressure to like do grandiose things or to like go over the top and show your affection some way, which I did a couple
0: of times and bombed horrifically because of these movies in high school. (laughs) And I think John Hughes's film started that, right? Like I I think the eighties, John Hughes things, Started the yeah the we're high school kids but we're gonna act like adults and so like there there'd be these scenes that would be impossible in real life unfortunately to pull off and people like you'd probably try yeah so yeah um Judd your least favorite part about this movie actually it tie oh, okay so it ties into the poem itself um and it's this the actors and acting was really good Julie Styles is good um Heath is Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he was great. So good. Um, Go through the list of actors, and it was really well acted, no surprise, because a lot of those people became huge. But here is the problem. The writing wasn't as good as the acting was. And I'm going to use Heath Ledger's character, Patrick, as the perfect example. And this was my least favorite part, because it came down to consistency and plausibility of the characters, okay? Okay. He starts off being supposedly this antisocial, crazy, and like they paint him that way. Now, it's it's one thing. He's a to have, yeah. It's one thing to it's one thing to have the kids talking about him, and and we we find out that a lot of the rumors about Patrick aren't true. But it's another where he's like smoking in class, and at one point yeah. he's got the he's, he's he's like lighting a cigarette on the bunts. Is it the exactly, bunsen burner? The bunsen burner. <laughs> but that's my point. So he's like he's like painted as being this really off the wall crazy guy. Okay, that's cool. That's actually funny. But then like Cameron harnesses him in, gets him to do what he wants and like by halfway through he's doing things that that character would never do. Like like Well, oh, but she's changing him. She's she's char- changing him in a good right, way. Right, but it's too but it's too much. Like the character can't be no kid that I knew in high school who was like that just got changed completely that quickly. And probably and, wouldn't and, be as
2: socially smooth she, to be able to do no. it now.
0: Exactly. And and the poem, and while she does a great job, I'm not going to debate that with you guys. The poem comes from this, this chick who had been a total hard ass and wouldn't let her guard down. And you know what? I could see her lightening up a bit, changing a little bit, okay? But to be bawling and running out of the class after you've hardened yourself that much, I thought the acting was really good, yeah. especially since those kids at the time were pretty young. The writing didn't keep up with it. I'm not saying that the film should have been a majorly different, but I think you could have looked at it and been like, okay, let's bring this back just a little bit to make the characters make more sense because the characters did a great job. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna
2: to agree with you on this front. I, t- I felt like the plot in general and the entry point to set up all the characters was just a little bit weird and convoluted. So... You know the the entire premise and the setup here is that camera. So camera wants to date this Bianca, Mm -hmm. but they need Cat to find a date. And so, you know, what are the ways in which they can get Cat to date someone? Could they pay someone to date her? And like they're going through this. But so um, the nerdy friend walks up to the rich kid, and and basically says like, "Hey, you should you should pay Patrick to date Cat." So that you can date Bianca yeah. And he goes, what's in it for you? And that's the part that doesn't make sense
1: because he because like what is
2: in it for the nerdy kid in that moment and he, and, and, and the nerdy kid's like, I oh, just uh, just say hi to me in the hallways so that I can and he's like, oh yeah okay so so basically like cool by association is the way that they frame. So being cool by association was the stated motivation, even though the hidden motivation was to get Cameron to date Bianca. It was, all, it was kind of complicated, and I don't know if I fully understood the plot when I first watched this movie. It was like, wait, why is why is all this happening? Oh, okay. That's You're like what, now watching that. it for like a 20th time, I finally understand like right. the full entry point to the plot. So, yeah, I, but I feel you. I think the other thing, too, is um, did like at the end when she reads that poem and she starts crying and he feels like, oh, my God, all right, I got to make this right. Did he go buy that guitar for her between the time that she read the poem and the end of the school day that day? Or had he already planted the guitar in her car? And I mean, because if, if, dude, if you planted that guitar in her car and then she reads the poem, aren't you sitting there like, oh, yes,
0: <laughs> I got her right where I want her here. This is amazing. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I. I thought the, the change in characters, because also when the film starts, as the geeky kid explains to Cameron, there's like a definite, and this is true of high school, th- there's a class, right? Class system of the geeks, the cool guys, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And, and, then, and then like without hesitation, they just start to mingle. But the whole start of the film was explaining how they don't mingle. And so it was just sort of weird. And I, I thought there were some very easy things that could have been rewritten yeah, with, without a problem. To make it make more sense, because like if you hadn't had that start where the cool guys don't don't even look at those guys, and then the next thing you're trying to uh, you're basically manipulating them. I got confused by that. Yeah, Um, I think I think my least
2: favorite part is it's not like something to do with the like a flaw in the movie. My least favorite part is as funny as the what's the dad's name again? Uh, Larry Miller. Larry Larry Miller. Miller, comedian. Yeah, he's good. Yep. So great – he was great as the overprotective dad and the one-liners that he had. Pregnant suit. Yep, the pregnant – Put it on. Yep. <laughs> All of it. Um, but I think I knew some people in high school that had parents that were way overprotective. And I – like my least favorite part was just sort of that. Like I hate it when parents – like definitely be protective. You don't want your kids just going rampage in high school, but – I can tell you that it rarely ends well when you are that overprotective as a parent in high school. Your kid usually goes bonkers and a wall once they get to college. I've seen that happen. Oh, yeah. So the no dating until you graduate, yeah, you know, so no drinking until you it's like those are. It, it it usually means that they're going to do all of the things that you're preventing them from doing in excess once they get to an unchaperoned college campus, yeah. and then their life derails. So I think my least favorite part was just like the overprotective and strict parenting of Bianca and Cat's dad
1: uh least favorite part for me was just how Patrick keeps taking the bribe of money throughout the entire film like I I get the first bribe hey this is the whole premise of the plot this is what we need you to do this I get that it was, was 50 bucks enough for you guys uh to, 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 to ask someone out that I didn't like yeah I could do that yeah, I because yeah, keep in mind, first like, time,
2: yeah. it's, it's like it's yeah. someone that you don't like, and it's, it's going to be an uncomfortable thing. Fifty bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's 50 bucks gross, and he laid out the movie costs. So it's probably only like 20 bucks net in well, 1999. And then he drove it up, too, right? Yeah, he did. D- didn't he say? Eventually, he eventually. 75 or something like
0: that? Okay. But I think yeah. they settled on fifty. Yeah.
1: I, I didn't enjoy mm-hmm. how he just kept taking the bribe because like if eventually he would I think learned pretty quick like don't get me wrong, money talks, I I get that. But like he would have learned pretty quickly if this was a chick he wanted to pursue, and he just like continues like, it, it, like even an hour in, he's still taking like the third bribe from him. And it's just like, well, I and I, it'll dovetail into my least believable part too later on, but I just can't stand that if he really liked her, then you wouldn't have to continue to take this bribe. I didn't I, and I, I, I didn't like that
2: or or is he trying to get is he trying to have his cake and eat it too? like oh this is great. Sure. I like spending time with this woman and this idiot keeps giving me $100 every time I take her somewhere right. right. You know you should he should have let her in on the thing earlier and it wouldn't have blown up into such a big deal. Also however toxic relationship. Between Cat and Patrick. Just a lot of over-the-top fighting and and making up and jealousy. A
0: coaster of emotions. And the thing about it is Cat, like Cat is this, her heart has been hardened because she slept with this guy in ninth grade. And now she's never going to be used again. And she gets dragged in by possibly the most manipulative guy who, by the way, at the start of the film is a complete psychopath.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's I uh, I don't know. It's a uh, plus, like, do we even really know who he is? Like, he, he didn't really explain all, every time she tried to ask about tell oh, he me something eventually. real. Tell me he, something true. But he only opened up a little bit.
0: Yeah, he he op- opened up about the fact he lived with his mom in Australia mm-hmm. and that like he explained some of the weird stories about him away. But it doesn't explain the start of the film where, as you said, Phil, he's got a Bunsen burner and cigarette in class. Yeah, there's a lot of I think
2: there's a lot of unwiring to be done there. Huh? For, for All right, Joe, what was the least believable thing
0: for you? There were lots of things about this, but I'm going <laughs> to go with this one. Um so so Cameron starts at a new school and he is uh I wouldn't say he's a full-fledged geek, but he definitely is new and nervous and he's not a cool kid, okay? So he starts at a new school, which is difficult in itself, and I get that that you have to explain some of this away pretty quickly to get to the plot line but then he pretty much starts to manipulate the entire school into doing what he wants through his geeky friend um again i don't understand why we had to like why couldn't we have picked this up with that kid having been in that school um previously and you would just sort of accept that i think that you're talking about you're talking about Cameron. Having Cameron. been in the school, yes, yes. Cameron I, starts at the school and immediately starts to manipulate the pieces of the puzzle together to get what he wants through his geeky friend. And again, there's classes of people here.
2: But that's what. But, but you just answered your own question there. If he had already been in a, in an established lower class of high school friends, there's no way he would be able to to date Bianca. So like him coming in as a new kid, right? And the and the mystery of like who is this? He's a new kid. Right. He's able to jump up because one of the opening scenes is his nerdy friend saying, dude, forget about her. Right. Like, she's next level from you. Right. If you've been going to school with her for five years, she would know that you're beneath her and there would be no chance. But then
0: the nerd but then the nerd wouldn't have the chance to help pull the strings that he did. I'm, I'm just saying that there were a lot of things about this that I couldn't really buy. It, it was fine because it's a fun film, so I don't really care. But I'm just saying that there were a lot of things. I mean... I mean, Kat is this complete prude, and she's nasty and mean, and she all of a sudden goes to this party and gets completely sloshed and and then throws up, and she is, like, pass out drunk. And by the end of the night, when he drives her home, she's, like, totally coherent.
2: She just, like, storms off back into the house without stumbling at all whatsoever, yeah. yeah.
1: But, I mean, it's just stuff must like that. must have been that. a long drive. I mean, okay, let's...
2: Well, they were driving from Tacoma to Seattle end, and on look. the map. So. Well, and, and he was totally drunk.
1: <laughs> And when you hey when you uh, when you puke quick, you can you can get that booze out out of your system pretty dang quick. You you can feel a lot better. So actually I, I kinda empathize with, with how quickly you can flip the switch like that.
0: I don't know that you can Even do around. it when you don't drink
1: though, which she didn't drink and True. Then she's just doing shots. True. Like if that had been <laughs> a
0: kegger, I'd be like, Okay, I could sort of see that. She's doing like shots.
1: I, I tweeted Phil last night, I can't hear hypnotized by Biggie, I think, the same ever again after when she does a little dance on the <laughs> on the kitchen table forgot about that. That's, a, that's another great thing an I
0: That's the other thing. When, when he's like, he goes from being this raving lunatic to being like, you, you might have a concussion. You
2: can't go he's to a sleep. caretaker. I'm he's a to take- Yeah, You can't go to sleep. <laughs> he's, he, he's got an accent, which means he has a lot of life experience. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. my <laughs> least believable thing here, as a former band nerd myself, I was never in marching band. But I was in concert band, jazz band, and Dixieland band, and pep band. So, like, yep. I did all of the bands except for marching band. Um, so I don't have okay. exact marching band experience with you, but I can tell you there's no way that a high school band would have been able to learn that quickly on the fly and the marching routine for you're too good to be true on the spot on that high school football field. Unless they were already performing it say. and he somehow knew that. To get all of that coordinated last second would have been unrealistic to ask of a high school marching band. And so that part... Bothered me as a former. That, that scene could have taken place without the marching band. But I get that it, would have, it wouldn't have have been well, as over the top. Perhaps the you
0: weren't as good as different high school kids in marching bands. No,
2: listen, I was a great trumpet player. You know what? Okay? We're, we're I, I maybe carried, carried the trumpet section.
1: You know, if you can't All four, play four that years song, of high school.
2: If you
0: could play that song in high school.
2: Um, Declan, what was your least believable part?
1: Uh, this happens in all these high school teen movies, but I'm under the belief that This movie either started close to, if not the day of, the first school day of the year. Like the first day of the school year, right? Like Mm -hmm. at least, or at the very least, like homecoming time. Like a month in to the high school year. And then of course, you know, by the end it's prom. And prom typically signifies the end of the school year, at least close to it. So this chase between the two, or between the four really, is like an eight to nine month thing that happens over 90 minutes. And again, I think you would have been able to know, not like in a day or in a week, but you would have been able to know pretty quickly if this relationship was going to be able to form. And I always think it's hilarious how movies basically accelerate an entire eight-month school timeline and condense it down into a 90-minute film. That's a great point. And I always, like, my mind always gets blown, like, wait a minute, it's prom? Wasn't it the first day of school just like an hour ago in this movie? What the hell? Like, how did we get... So yeah. how, how do we move across the timeline so damn quickly here? It's because like you're so enthralled with the characters and whatnot. And I know it's it's everything's hyperbolized. But I always the least believable part for me is how quickly movies run through a high school timeline in literally 90 minutes.
2: Also, if if this whole thing lasted like eight months, how much money did Patrick make from? Is it Joey? Ex- whatever. Yeah. The, the Joey, rich kid. Yeah. I mean, how many times did that kid hand over a 50 or 100 dollar bill throughout he the course of eight months school year?
0: He was carrying those bills every day to school, too. Just got that wad of cash I robbed him. man. That That's modeling robbed
2: <laughs> God. Uh, uh, honorable mention for least believable, I would say yes. uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, Cameron, learning French quickly enough to tutor Bianca, who clearly knew more French than he did yeah, and then Bianca, by the end of the movie. Yeah, and
0: Bianca... I, he, I tutored also, her, he
2: learned French to tutor her... In an instant, and then yep. by the end, she was like speaking full French, she was like berating him in French, in and he had French, no idea what in she was French, Which
0: you know what? That <laughs> happened to Benilde all the time. All the girls I knew we'd go back and forth in French.
2: Yep. Uh some production notes here, just a couple production notes. So Josh Hartnett and Ashton Kutcher were in the running to play Heath Ledger's character, Patrick. Hmm. I think those would have that been sounds... Josh Hartnett would not have worked in that role. Ashton Kutcher would have worked. Yeah. What do you I think yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I, think he, I think he would have been funny. Yeah. And then Katie Holmes was considered for the role of cat of and no. Kate Hudson was of offered was. the role, but her mom, Goldie Hawn didn't like the script. So she forced her to pass on the role. And then three years later, she did. "How would lose a guy in 10 days.
0: Would Kate Hudson have been that good playing that role of cat though? No, like, I like would, her a lot. Like she would been, too. Maybe maybe as Bianca, maybe. Yeah. 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 Good. She'd be a good Bianca. I don't know if she'd be a good cat. Yeah. Who who was the first name The full uh, Hudson? Katie Holmes. Holmes. No. Nah. No. Not a big fan. Yeah, me neither. So just st- stick to Dustin. Go with Nev. Yeah. Nev Steve Campbell.
2: Campbell. <laughs> Nev Campbell. All right. <laughs> Scream's one of my- I love Scream. All right. We're on the definitive relationship rankings here. So we're looking for chemistry between the two characters. And we're going to, I, I, unless you guys call me off here, it's Patrick and Cat, right? Yeah. It's not Cameron and Bianca. Yeah, let's just, and let's just go with, Kat. Go with Patrick and Cat. Yeah. No. Of course. yeah. So Hitch and Sarah from Hitch are the top-rated chemistry couple so far in rom-com Rewind for us, eight point eight out of ten. Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly from You've Got Mail and eight point three. Benjamin Barry and Andy Anderson from How to Lose Guys in Ten Days also an eight point three. At the bottom, the least amount of chemistry was actually uh, Michael and Jules from My Best Friend's Wedding. That's a two point seven. And Kirk and Molly from She's Out of My League is a three. So on a one through ten scale. How would you rate the chemistry between Patrick and
0: Kat? Okay, I think both of these people are good actors, but I'm going to give them a four, and here's why. What? The roller coaster nature and the up and down, and like the and like the fights they create uh, that I don't get at times. Wow. Dude. Uh, and I did. I actually don't. I will say this: I don't think Julius Stiles and Heath Ledger had great chemistry. Like, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of spark there that I saw. Uh, they're, they're both really good at what they do, hmm. or in, in Heath's case, unfortunately, he's dead. He was good at what he did. But I'm going to give him a four. I was not a huge fan. I like the film. It's a fun film. It's a quick watch. So this is no, this is no uh, indictment on the film itself. But I didn't think it was that great.
1: All righty. So pouring some cold water on the but here, you can also at the same time, though, be, just because they aren't hitting it off, not have the great chemistry. They have they have clear chemistry. They're both kind of the yeah. same person.
0: Yeah, I didn't really see it. Oh, I thought they were two people acting at each other as opposed to they, they could be a couple.
1: No, yeah, I, I definitely saw. I mean, this is my opinion. Yeah, so, no, it's yeah. just your opinion, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, this I,
0: is my opinion. You are free to disagree.
1: I, I think they have a ton of chemistry together, and it's because they are so alike. They're both kind of. They're both play the bad boy, bad girl persona. I'm too school for cool. Um, you're too good. I'm too, way too good for you. Like I'm smarter than you. I can outsmart you. and I'm more clever and more witty than you are. I actually think the chemistry is pretty legit. I, I it's not perfect. It's not ten, but I would say it's a solid eight. I think it's an eight out of ten.
2: I'm with Dex. I gave it an eight. I think. I think the fact that they're able to, the ups and the downs are part of the, of the tango here. And I just, I, I, I loved it. I thought, I thought they did an amazing job. I think at the end it really sealed it for me. The the crying scene, reading the ten things I hate about you, was great. So with that, uh, with two eights and a four, we're gonna divide that by three. That makes it a six point seven, tied with Ben and Lindsay. From Fever Pitch, which was also a 6.7. And just behind Jack and Lucy yeah, from right. While You Were Sleeping, which was like that. a 7. Yeah. All right. The entertainment value of the movie as a
0: whole, 1 through 10. We'll start with Judd. I will give it a 7. I thought it was good. I I thought it was. it. The writing brings it down for me a little bit. Uh, the acting brings it up. So I think a 7 is a fair place to land for me. Dex.
1: I love this movie. It's a 10 for me. It's a 10 out of 10 in terms of the pure entertainment value. Pure entertainment value. It is a 10 for me. It is a perfect score just with Hitch. It is a 10 out of 10. I like both these movies wow. for much different reasons, but I think in terms of the entertainment value, I'm thoroughly entertained. I will gladly rewatch this film numerous times and times again. So it's a 10 for me.
2: I agree. Yes! Yes! Yes. It's a perfect 10. I, this movie I'm bringing def- everything down this, just a little bit. That's this good. movie defined high school for my era. Uh, <laughs> oh, this this, God. and American Pie. And, I mean, there's a there's a group of these movies. But, like, this was right at the spearhead of these movies. And it's a 10, man. Like, it is. Watching it again last night, too, I was kind of expecting it to just not live up to the way I thought about it. I might have liked it more last night than I did 20 years ago. So this is just an iconic
0: late 90s, teeny high school I was school 29 type, when right. this film came out. I liked it, but not that much.
2: Dude, well, this, this movie is sort of the equivalent of if you grew up in Judd's era or the 70s and you went to high school in the 80s, the way that the, the, the people in that era talk about Breakfast Club or Candle, Pretty in pretty pink, pink or Sixteen yeah. and Candles, like this is that for mm-hmm. our era. It's one of those movies. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a nine, which is tied now for 10 things uh, for, uh, with Hitch, I should say. For the most popular and oh, best rom com we have reviewed so damn this good. Point. So there you have it. All right, let's. I think we should keep the rom com train rolling here. I right, has dude. Got me feeling pretty good. So I'm going to give you guys. I mean, if you want, we could do she's all that next, but I'll get that's because that's right in this era too. We could just keep going down this path, uh, but I'll give you guys a few other options. Okay. Coyote Ugly. Oh God, no. Fifty First well, Dates. Be fun. Parker Pair. She's all that. And I want you know what? I'm going to put crazy stupid love on here. I know it's a, we're all going to think it's a good movie, but there's it's enough good, fod, but there's okay. enough fodder okay. in that
0: movie for us to I have never I don't think I've seen and I've always meant to watch 51st dates. Let's do it. Drew Barrymore
2: and First Adam States.
1: Sandler. Yep. I like I mean she's all that would be almost the because exact same points. thing we just did. Like I right. like I right. like right. she's all that and I would like to review it at some point, but I'm I'm cool with 51st dates.
0: I'm right, not guys? a huge
1: I've I've only seen it once and I wasn't a huge fan. So oh, it I, might not be that good. Yeah. I have no idea. Really I, I just meant to watch it. And Coyote Ugly could be like so incredibly bad. It actually might be awesome for us to do as well. Mm-hmm. It
2: would, yeah. John yeah. John Goodman in that movie. So fifty first dates runtime. I mean fifty. That's a lot of dates, so the runtime might be long. Uh, Ninety nine minute runtime there. So hour and thirty
0: nine minutes. That's not bad. Not too hold bad. On. Fifty. So hold on. I gotta write this down. Fifty first dates. Drew Barrymore definitely an acquired taste.
1: Yes, dude. We can
0: talk we can we can talk about that.
1: Oh my god. We can talk don't, about that.
0: <laughs> I actually like her in most stuff, but she she could I think she trust some people the wrong way.
2: Oh, yeah. So there it is. Ram awesome. rewind, part of the Mackie and Joe I'm Glad that we could go back, back to your childhood. Both of your childhood. Dude. Oh, so much she fun, man. Well, we should honestly, we should we should include so some of those 80s ones, so like 16 Candles, Hmm. and uh what's the other one pretty and pink pretty and pink. pink breakfast club um, breakfast club's not really a rom-com though yeah i think, no, I think no, 16 that's... candles and pretty and pink are actually closer to rom coms because there's like a yeah you know they're, yeah. it's a different Bre- genre Breakfast Club of... would
0: probably fall in the same in the same bin as ferris bueller's day off yeah, yeah. that's fair so we'll i mean we'll a couple film.
2: of those 80s ones in the mix there all right dudes good stuff we'll uh we'll regroup next week Shout here out on to Mackie and
0: Judd real world real world got, got a, a brief <laughs> yeah they did real world Seattle
2: from the late 90s somewhere she's watching it yep alright we'll see you guys later Mackie Bye. and Judd it's
1: off ok the whole thing's off what are you talking about she never wanted me she wanted Joey the whole time Cameron do you like the girl yeah yeah and is she
2: worth all this trouble <laughs> well I thought she was but you know well I... she is or she isn't see first of all Joey is not half the man you are Secondly, don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. Go for it.